0: Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the 11th chapter of Gospels Matthew of Matthew's Gospel, uh, verses 16 through 19 and the 25 through 30. Hear with me now the words of the Lord. To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and they say he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her actions. And at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to your little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? O Lord, once again, we gather to worship you. We gather in our homes with our families. We gather together. Though distant from each other by walls and by streets, we are connected by the miracles of your creation. We are connected by the glory of your spirit. We are connected by the depth of your love. So as we have already experienced your presence with us this morning, let us continue to hear you speak to our souls so that we might hear so clearly who you would have us be. And celebrate that so clearly by how we live, not just as hearers of your word, but as doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. When I was in high school, technology was beginning to emerge and become mainstream. Personal computers were beginning to come into homes car phones existed and their companion, the bag phone. Now, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about, but you remember the bag phone, some of you. I mean, think about this. Think like a backpack-sized contraption in which there was a telephone like the one they used to hang on the wall in your house. Some of you don't even know what those are. But that was technology, and as it was coming out, they told us, they, whoever they are, teachers and pundits and everything told us that technology was going to simplify our lives it was going to make our work easy and less hard that they figured that by the time that many of us in high school were in our late 40s that we would be working 30 hour work weeks and the work would be so efficient that we would have eight weeks of vacation and so here we are 32 years later how's that working out for us Now, before the pandemic, there was a study that was done by one of those think tanks, like Harvard Business Review, I don't think it was that one, but maybe it was Business Insider. And what they found in this recent study was that workers rarely took their lunch hour. Many of them ate at their desks. Most companies still gave an average of two weeks of vacation, and even with that, workers rarely used all of that up. That 54% of vacation time was used annually leaving 46 percent on the table workers are now they all clock in and they all say that they are working somewhere around 47 maybe even 50 hours a week and that they have trouble unplugging survey upon survey even talks about workers that go on vacation and still connect to the office or workers that commute after putting in 8, 9, 10 hours a day in the office that they take their commute home. And the first thing they do when they get in the house besides take their shoes off and put their keys down and say hello to the family is quickly get on some device to see what's come in on the email during their commute. I mean, technology was supposed to make things so much easier. Instead, it has become a burden, has it not, for many of us. It's the antithesis of freedom, isn't it? The world is seeking something beyond what it finds itself in. I think our world is seeking something beyond status, beyond stuff, beyond significance. The world is seeking some sort of task, purpose, and meaning. I think what the world really is seeking is freedom from it all. In our text today, Jesus understood this idea of the yoke of obedience. The text sort of talks about a sharp contrast between his teachings about the cost of discipleship. And he said he focuses on the rewards of discipleship. This idea of the rest for our weary souls. It reminds us that Jesus' gospel, Jesus' message, his ministry is one of freedom for all of God's children. It's this freedom that the world is seeking in his times. At that time, the world was seeking freedom from the burdens of the Jewish law, freedom to focus on contentment, freedom to realize that in following God, that there is great reward and that the burden of following God truly is light. But I think his words have great insight for our time and for us for us so that we too might find freedom in Christ, freedom from religiosity, freedom to rest our weary souls, the freedom that comes from being within and a part of God's blessed kingdom. In the custom of the day, When Jesus was living and walking the earth and the custom of the day, one's faithfulness was measured on how well one followed all of the Jewish law. And the Jewish law governed all aspects of life. I mean everything. It governed your clothing, your diet, your farming, how you worshiped, how you raised your children, even commerce. You name it, there was something buried in the Jewish law about how life was to be lived out. And it was burdensome. Very few could follow it to the letter of the law, much less to the intent. They had trouble trying to uphold it in its entirety. They were being crushed under the burden of the law. And so Jesus comes and he brings this idea of freedom. He said, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Meaning that what he did is he came to fulfill the law to give us that release from it, a release from legalism, from duty, from obligation. Jesus, in a conversation with the Pharisees where they were trying to get him to name the most important parts of the law to sort of get him to admit that maybe that it was all important, they said, what's the greatest commandment, hoping to trap him. And he came back to them and he said, what does it tell you? He says, it tells you that love your God with all your heart and all your might and love your neighbor as yourself. It was as if Jesus said, start there, start with that greatest commandment and everything else will flow from it. Everything else that matters will work itself out. If you love God with all your heart and all your might and you love your neighbor as yourself, all the other parts will work out. Now he wasn't saying that the Ten Commandments weren't important. Instead, they become this, this idea of the greatest commandment: love God with all heart and all your might and love your neighbor and yourself. They become the benchmarks by which everything is done. Look at the Ten Commandments. Either they, they work with those two pieces. Some talk about our relationships with each other, and others talk about a relationship with God. They become the benchmarks for our speech, for our action, for our thought. So what Jesus is saying is he no longer focused on this list upon list of rules. Instead, he says, bear the yoke of God, for it is easy. My burden is light. It provides a sense of relief and freedom for the world. His message was a great awakening to all who heard his teachings. It was a world intent on God, but it somewhere lost its way. And so his words were refreshing. Where they'd gotten mired down in the intricacies of the law, he opened their eyes and their hearts, liberated them and gave them permission to stop doing the things that got in the way. To stop doing the things that got in the way of their practice Of faith and faithful living. In the 19th century, the Second Great Awakening swept across the United States. This Protestant revival spread throughout the country and it changed the religious landscape of the time and in the future. It began to focus on a personal relationship with God. It gave the people freedom to let some things go and to adopt new practices to develop these personal relationships, to address the social ills of the day and and put forth a social gospel that looked out for each and every person. It was during the second great awakening that we saw the rise of religious colleges and hospitals and schools, all not only to spread the faith, but to care for each other, that the church could lead the way. It gave followers permission to change the way that things were being done, all in the name of church, all in the name of faith, all to build up God's kingdom. See, I think this global pandemic has become a great awakening of sorts for our time. For us as 21st century disciples, it's helped us focus on what matters most, on what provides the deepest meaning to us. It's allowed us to explore new opportunities and ways of doing ministry. We have sharpened our focus on virtual worship. We were doing it all along, but now we are intent and focused on how we do it because we know that that's how we worship in this time and in this space right now. And while there'll be a day that comes that we can be back here filling the sanctuary Right now, the pandemic has caused us to think very intentionally about how we worship and what matters most. It's caused us to think about faith formation and how it's done. Maybe just maybe there's something where we combine this idea of virtual worship and the virtual world and the idea of faith formation and wonder what comes out on the other side. And so we're beginning to talk about that, to give ourselves permission to have those conversations, to awaken our souls to that which matters most. We've streamlined our processes so that we can be about ministry and focus on that. And that is a good thing for us and for all of God's kingdom. But in this, we have furthered and deepened our relationship with God. We have taken, many of us have taken, because we spend so much time in the Zoom room, on the Zoom machine in meetings, we take Sabbath from screens and we open our eyes and we see the wonders of God all around us. The pandemic has given us freedom to let some things go and to take on new things which will invite, involve, and impact the most people for the sake of God's kingdom. See, in that moment, that freedom, the freedom that we find, the freedom from being out from under the burden of the way we did things allows us to find those things which make our hearts sing and give us the greatest joy for God's kingdom. Jesus' words in our text today encourage us to put the burdens of the world down and aside, to lay them at his feet, to let go of and to give up the strife and the suffering of the world and say, Lord, take this from us. You, And only you can make the change. But in that, it allows us to usher in a new era where God's kingdom reigns supreme. Where God's love shown to each other, shown to us, is what we are to reflect and share with each other. Yesterday marked the 244th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence by the Continental Congress. And every year on the 4th of July, I pull that document down and I read it and I read its words in its entirety to remember where we started and how we got to the country that we are. And there are two sentences in that document that just hit home for me. The first sentence is this, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then as you read further into the document, you get to the very end just before the signers affix their names. And there's this sentence. And for the support of this declaration with firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Imagine what they envisioned. Imagine the power of those words. But even more so, imagine how great our church, our city, our state, our nation, even the world would be if we would make these two sentences a reality. Where we would give each other the benefit of the doubt, to see each other as equal with the unalienable right for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but even more so that we would pledge our very lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor to make sure that would happen. What if we would seek God's direction in our lives? What if we would pledge our lives to see each other as blessed children of God, not competing for God's love because there's plenty of that to go around, but is being brought to the table so that we might experience it together in its fullness and glory. Imagine the sense of global relief and freedom that would give to us all in this time and in this place. So 30-some years ago, when they told us about technology, they told us that it would be freeing for us. But it became a burden in our lives because we let our guard down and we did not control it. We did not focus on that which mattered most. The same thing happened with the Jewish law as they added to it over and over time. It too became a burden. They lost their focus. But Jesus comes and Jesus gives us freedom from the law because Jesus fulfilled the law. Jesus says... My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And my brothers and sisters, that's the freedom that we experience here in God's kingdom. So as we experience that, as we take that yoke on and as we live into that, we realize that the burden is light and that the reward is great, the rest for our weary souls and the freedom for the world. Let us go forth and proclaim that For each other. And for the sake of God's kingdom. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9 or 11. Have a blessed day.